The number anytime, one 990 The Insurance and Injury Law Show set to go here. We'll get to the injury calculator, fightformyltd.com, mydisabilityquestions.com. There is all kinds of resources put together by Savannah and his team. We will talk about throughout the show as well. Email is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We always start off with a couple of cases that have uh, come across your desk over the last week or two. What's, uh, what's going on, pal? Well, John, we had a lot of activity uh, this past week on the site, the free site, mydisabilityquestions.com, which we created a few years back to allow people who are on long-term disability or know someone who is on long-term disability, you have questions, uh, you've been cut off or denied, any questions really related to long-term disability, you can post them anonymously, free of charge, and you'll get a response from me within minutes. So let me read you a few of those uh, questions, and I'll reply on air uh, the same answers that you're going to find on the website. Uh, so this uh, particular email or question was posted, um, and, and here's what it says. Can you reapply for long-term disability after being back to work on modified duties for one year and still in a lot of pain? Well, there is such a thing called recurrent disability, and many LTD mm. policies, disability policies, have this recurrent disability provision. And essentially what it says is that if a person tries to return to work but fails due to the same or maybe a related disability, they may be able to go back on the claim without having to satisfy another waiting elimination period. Remember, we talked about the elimination period several yep. times where you can't just go on LTD. Oftentimes, you have to be disabled for a certain amount of time, which is when usually you either get EI sick benefits or shortened disability. Yeah. So oftentimes you try to go back to work, you're not able to go back to work or it's the attempt is unsuccessful. You can often requalify, not, not requalify, but essentially go back on disability benefits without having to requalify. Uh, and, and, you know, that's there obviously to protect employees who wish to return to work on a trial basis without having to worry about losing their benefits. So that's very important, but there are time limits and that varies from policy to policy mm-hmm. as to, you know, how long can you be at work before failing and having to, again, uh, requalify for disability. So, you know, the answer really for this uh, person who uh, posted the question is, it depends on what your policy says. I can have a look at it. I often offer uh, to have a look at these kinds of issues for people uh, specific to their situations. We do that as well when somebody is unionized, a unionized employee that has gone on LTD. Right. Now they're having issues. Well, I have to look at the collective agreement to figure out if we can help the person. And oftentimes we can. So uh, very interesting you know, if you do try to go back to work while on LTD, that does not preclude you from going back on LTD down the road if you are unable to continue working. Right. What else you got going on? Another question um, from uh, a gentleman in Walkerton. I have been cut off long-term disability, can't work, and have no income. What are my options? Well, this is an interesting question uh, because, you know, what are your options when the LTD insurer cuts you off? Well, the number one thing I tell people and we've said it now many times on air, the LTD insurer doesn't just immediately cut you off, right? John, if you're receiving LTD, you don't wake up today to find out that your LTD has been cut off. No, you're getting a warning. Exactly. If that happens, usually it's because you've missed a letter or an email or a a phone call. Uh, But usually they give you several weeks, maybe even several months. I've seen as far as 10 months ahead of schedule. They're telling you in 10 months, we're going to cut you off which raises a different issue. I think it's completely improper. But anyways, the point is that they will tell you ahead of time, don't wait until you are cut off. 
if you get to the point where you are cut off and you're looking for money, well, have you applied for CPP disability, right? That's another topic we're going to talk about that we've talked about before. And, you know, there are other resources out there, whether it's Ontario Works or ODSP, or if it's a work-related injury, then WSIB. There's a variety of things. If it's a car accident, again, we're going to talk about mm-hmm. that, you're entitled to income replacement benefits. So there are different sources of income but don't wait until you are cut off LTD. Why bury your head in the sand? Give me a call, email me, let me help you. You know, I have a case right now that is going to a mediation, an LTD case, that's going to a mediation July of this year. You know, the cutoff date or when this person is supposed to, uh, presumably according to the insurance company, not qualify anymore for disability, it's scheduled for September. Wow. We are effectively mediating the claim and will likely settle the claim, will likely uh, resolve the case before even the cutoff date. Imagine that. There's no gap, right? Many people just fail to understand that you don't have to wait until you're cut off or denied disability. As long as you're told this is what will happen to you, you can contact me now. In fact, you can contact me before then if you have questions. But don't wait until you're cut off. Oh, because this guy, now that there's a lull, it's going to take some time to get it back activated. It's going to take, so take a while. Right. It's going to take me either a few weeks or a few months, depending right. on the case, right? Brutal. But again, you know, people need to understand that, you know, if you are burying your head in the sand, you're, you're being told, you know, if we're in May and you're told in July you're getting cut off and you wait until then, well, yeah, I'm going to work as, as hard as I can. My team is going to put everything in place. We're going to get a claim out against the insurance company within days mm-hmm. of you retaining us. But, you know, the, there, there is a process here, right? I have to work with the schedule of the other side. There is a process, which is why I tell people don't wait. If you wait, it's on you, right? What else you got? Uh, another question that was posted. If I apply for long-term disability, can my employer terminate my employment or penalize me should my claim not be allowed? Hmm. So two issues here. Number one, in relation to the long-term disability insurer. And number two, what happens with the employer, the employment? So with respect to the LTD, if you are denied LTD and you feel that you have been denied wrongly, meaning you really are disabled from working and you have the medical backup for that, your doctors are agreeing with you and they've written the insurance companies, you contact me ASAP because I will definitely resolve that claim. I mean, it's not even, you know, I'm not saying if or, or maybe, I will resolve that claim for you. Very, very important. With respect to employment, of course, that's in my partner's wheelhouse, right? Mm -hmm. Lior, who does the employment hour. Uh, No, there should be zero impact on your employment. In fact, whether you get approved for LTD or denied LTD, the employer has to treat you fairly. If the employer lets you go as a result of your disability or as a result of you not getting approved for disability, but, you know, we still have medical backup that you are disabled. Uh, there could be human rights violations here, human rights damages. Uh, the employer has to accommodate you if, in fact, you can work on modified duties or modified hours as long as you have the proper medical documentation. So, again, we talk about this a lot. Also, we have uh, really two types of lawyers at our firm. We deal with disability, LTD claims, as well as with employment matters. And I'll tell you, John, not a day goes by uh, without our lawyers, my group, the LTD group, speaking about various course, cases that are you know, going hand on hand. with the impl- hand in hand, yeah. because there's so much in- intertwined, uh, you know, uh, um, stuff, stuff, intertwining yeah. issues that you have to know. The left hand has to know what the right hand is saying. We'll take a, a short one. Uh, the number one triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six to get a hold of Savan anytime. It is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. This is the Insurance and Injury Law Show Talk Radio AM six forty. One triple eight. 
990-9646 is the number. The email is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. If you want to know what uh, your pain and suffering could be worth, go to injurycalculator.ca. Some more details on that here in just a, a little while. What else you got on your uh, your desk, my friend? Well, let's go with another question that was posted to mydisabilityquestions.com. Yep. My insurance company, uh, LTD, abruptly stopped my LTD after seven months, stating that I can ease back to work even though it is clearly documented that my conditions have worsened. My family doctor even wrote them stating I could not go back to work. What do I do? So again, I see this quite often. And of course, I respond to the comment and then she responds back, this lady saying, my husband is retired and on a fixed income. You know, could you please provide me with my options? Which of course I did, which is that we have to start a claim ASAP against the insurer. There is no reason to delay. You know, many people contact me as a result of listening to the show and hearing me speak on other forums. And they contact me uh, when they've been uh, denied or cut off LTD a year ago, a year and a half ago, two years ago, and they've retained lawyers. And those lawyers apparently are either sitting on those cases or they're communicating with the adjuster, but nothing is really happening. And, you know, again, listen, there are very good lawyers out there and there are lawyers out there who should not be practicing in this area because it's a very specialized area. I see absolutely no reason once a person has been denied LTD or cut off LTD and the case is crystal clear to me based on the review of the medical documents and the insurance policy, if I think that the person was wrongly denied LTD or cut off wrongly and it's it's clear cut, I will start a claim ASAP, right. as within days against the insurance company. There's no reason for delay. So this is what I told this lady. I mean, obviously, she was cut off after, after seven uh, months. And, and here's the thing. She, she writes, the insurance company says, I can ease back into work. What does that mean? Did they do any assessments here? Uh, and even if they did assessments, her own doctor and she herself are saying she's not able yet to go back to work. Mm. The insurance company has no right to force you to go back to work. If you feel that you're unable to, and if your doctors are saying that you're not ready to go back, once they try to force you to go back and threaten to cut you off or cut you off, we can act against them. Don't wait. Stand, stand up for your rights. Trust me when I tell you that the insurance company will back down a lot faster than you think. one 990 is that number. Email simple as well. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. All right. Well, we're on a roll. So yeah. here's another question. Yeah. I'm telling you, it was a very busy week for, for those questions, for that question site. Uh, this one came from a lady in Windsor. If my employer does terminate me and gives me severance, will the LTD insurance company take that money or deduct it from my monthly benefits? Great question. Fantastic question. Happens all the time. Well, we have to look at the policy. Remember, LTD questions and answers all... Uh, arise from the policy. Different mm-hmm. policies have different provisions. Most LTD policies will have a provision that says that we are going to pay you X and Y for your LTD monthly benefit, but we are entitled to deduct or get credit for other sources of income. And many times those sources of income are things like severance. But remember, if there is no provision that allows the insurance company to do that in your specific situation, well, then the insurance company is not allowed it's not to deduct automatic. It. It's not automatic. Right. There's another thing to consider. We spoke about that last show. In many instances, severance uh, comes in different forms. So what is severance? Severance essentially is we are paying you whatever the law says we have to pay you for notice, right? To give Mm -hmm. you uh, uh, pay uh, in lieu of of you working with us, right? Uh, So let's say that you have been dismissed and we can say that the dismissal occurred as a result of you not being able to do your job because of a disability. Well, now there's human rights damages, Right. right? Because they've now 
effectively dismissed you because you are disabled. Well, they're not allowed to do that. So let's say that the employer, we've negotiated a severance for you uh, of $10,000, right? If it's straight $10,000, right? This is what they're paying you, mm-hmm. um, paying Lou, uh, um for severance, for for yeah, exactly for, for for severance, the insurance company is going to be allowed to take that ten thousand dollars, assuming they have that provision in the policy, and deduct that from what they have to pay you. But what if that ten thousand dollars wasn't ten thousand dollars for severance? It was in fact five thousand dollars for severance and five thousand dollars for human rights damages. Where now that human rights damages, that's not income, so the insurance company now can't get credit for the full ten thousand. They can only get credit for the five thousand. So again, very very important to understand that. Yes, for this individual who wrote me from Windsor, the insurance company may be able to get a credit for the severance, assuming, of course, that there is a provision in the contract and the policy that allows them to do that. But even the severance, depending on how it was negotiated, we could potentially work it so that we minimize how much the insurance company is allowed to to chop off or, or to deduct or to take credit for. And first of all, find out if you're getting the right amount of severance. Oh, hundred percent. You know, yes. Sorry, you I guys and Lior too, because chances are it's 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 inadequate. Chances right? are it is inadequate. I mean, man, nine out of the ten times when somebody gets severance, it is inadequate. Yeah. Absolutely, we see this day in and day out. Absolutely. Got about a minute left. What do you got? All right, a really quickie. quickly, another one. I'm 53 with rheumatoid arthritis and confirms frozen shoulder. Uh, there's nerve damage, but it's too soon to know if it's permanent. I have my full benefits at my place of employment. Haven't slept a solid seven to eight hours since December 2016. With my doctor's support, could I make a successful long-term disability claim? The answer is, John? No, sir. The answer is yes. <laughs> of course it's if yes. If your doctors are saying... Obviously. Ah, that's it. Over the head. The, 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 the answer is, if your doctors are saying that you cannot work because of condition X or Y, and if you tell me you cannot work, then yes, as long as you have coverage for LTD, you will qualify. And if you don't, I'll make sure that you get compensation. That number, one 990 help at the See, All these questions are coming through mydisabilityquestions.com. You can use that website, ask your own, and it'll get answered uh, very quickly as well. More of the Insurance and Injury Law Show coming right up. Talk Radio, AM 640. The Insurance Injury Law Show, the number one triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six. Email is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. And we always get to questions and uh, stuff about LTD, some emails as well. Throw this one at you. We talked about this before, but let me make sure everyone uh, has a clear understanding of this one. So if a person's on long-term disability, they told to be cut off in, say, a few days, a few weeks, a few months. Can you help them now, or do they have to wait till they're actually cut off to call you? Right. So, yes, we have talked about this before. Very, very important. Remember... If you are told that you are going to be cut off at some point in the future, we can treat that as a breach of contract if, in fact, you're unable to go back to work, right? People don't understand that. They think that they have to be cut off or denied disability uh, before contacting me. No, you don't. If you are told, you know, if you've been receiving disability benefits for three months, five months, eight months, a year, two years, three years, and you're told in three months, in two weeks, you're going to be cut off LTD, don't wait until the cutoff date. Listen, if you really are able to go back to work, 100%. I can't help you. I mean, you don't qualify. But if you and your doctors are are scratching your heads and you're saying, why am am I getting cut off? And you're told it's at some point in the future, get us involved now. I mean, you'd be amazed how many times we've been able to avert that cutoff. We are going to apply a lot of pressure on the insurance company. Trust me, they're not interested in their legal battle. It's expensive for them. Insurance companies are there to make money. They're assuming that for every nine pe- sorry, for every 10 people 
that they tell them, I'm, we're going to cut you off, nine of them or even more than that, nine and a half people Just are going to simply, they're gonna, yeah, they're going to yeah. walk away or they're going to wait or they're going to whatever. If you're not one of those people, I am telling you, you are going to be amazed at, at, at how, I'm not going to say easy, but but at how different it is than what you thought. You Fighting an insurance company, it, it's not, it appears like it's a David and Goliath situation. It's really not. They're not interested in legal battles. They really are not. We'll get to an email here from Sandra. It is uh, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. says, my husband has been on LTD for over three years now due to various illnesses. He's 59 years old. The adjuster that was handling his claim at the insurance company left the company, and there was someone else there that's very rude who keeps questioning my husband, hasn't been uh, tried to go back to work. He's insulted that my husband's condition is not that bad and that he has family members suffering from the same thing. Oh, that's nice. Uh, we're afraid that he'll cut my husband off any day now. Can they do that after the two-year mark? Well, yes, yeah, Sandra, the answer is that they can. The other question, though, is whether they should, right. and what do you deal with this very rude adjuster? I can tell you that in my experience, the majority of adjusters are not rude. They, they may be assertive. They may be very business-oriented, right. but they're not rude, and it's very unfortunate that you guys are dealing with a rude person. It's, it's unwarranted, unprofessional. Uh, you can do a few things. Number one, you can contact the manager and you can complain. Maybe they'll assign someone else, unlikely. Uh, you can uh, continue dealing with this person and hope for the best. You can call me uh, off air, and we can certainly take over this and deal with the adjuster directly. I can tell you that uh, when somebody is rude to me on the other side, they're only rude once. <laughs> and, and, and that applies to lawyers as well. I, I very often mimic the other side. If the other side is being difficult, I will be 10 times as difficult. If they are cooperative, I will be very cooperative because at the end of the day, the interest, my interest, is my client's interest. Uh, and, and Sandra, very important, make sure that your husband's medical um, uh, condition is very well documented and continues to be well documented. They cannot force your husband to go back to work if it's against medical advice. They simply cannot. So very, very important to make sure that you have all your T's crossed and all your I's dotted with the medical professionals. Give me a call if this is really putting tremendous stress on you. And John, I've dealt with this before. We've talked about this before. Most people end up hiring me, uh, not necessarily for any other reason, except that they don't want to have to deal directly with the adjuster. They want me and my team mm -hmm. to be the go-between. Because remember, once I am involved, my team is involved, the insurance company is not allowed to deal with you directly anymore. They have to go through us. So you're not getting those letters anymore. You're not getting those phone calls or those emails. You're not. You can focus on getting better. Let us do the legal work. Trust me, they will not be rude again. So it's a, it's a disabled person eligible for LTD benefits. If their employer terminated their employment before they could submit the claim to the insurance company. Well, it, that's a, it's a bit of a tricky situation and depends a lot on the facts. And that does happen, right? Because we do deal with employment matters where a person, you know, when did they become disabled, right. before they were let go, after. Look, our courts, uh, you know, judges have said that in certain situations, uh, employers sometimes became responsible, liable for paying disability benefits uh, to employees that they've terminated before the individual uh, was able to actually apply for LTD. Uh, an employee who's dismissed as a result of being unable to work due to a disability obviously can make a human rights uh, complaint damages. But look, if I have a situation with someone who is disabled and then was let go, and the LTD coverage was cut off, meaning the employer was no longer paying into the system, and the person then tries to apply for LTD, and they're told by the LTD insurer, sorry, there's no coverage, right. 
you know, the employer may end up being on the hook here. So again, even more important in these situations to make sure that you contact us because of our dual expertise in LTD and employment. We'll take a uh, quick break. The number, by the way, one 990 9646 is help at the If you want to find out what your uh, pain and suffering could be through an accident, slip and fall, car accident, all that stuff, you want to go to injurycalculator.ca as well. The Insurance Injury Law Show, Talk Radio, AM640. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six is the number. It is help at the insurancelawyer.ca. Before I get to another email, let's uh, let's get into the injury calculator. Give me some uh, some details, brother. All right, it's an online tool. It's free. Mm-hmm. Go on it right now, anytime. If you've been injured through no fault of your own, so it's a car accident, somebody hit you, slipped and fell on ice because somebody failed to maintain the area, dog bite, whatever happened. You want to know how much your injury is valued at. And I'm not talking about things like income loss, you can't work. I'm talking about just your pain and suffering. You know, you call up a lawyer, 10 different lawyers are going to give you 10 different responses. And the reason is because, you know, different lawyers assess injuries differently. We don't have an actual chart that says, here's exactly what an ankle fracture is worth. A meat chart. A meat chart, yeah, which is exactly, (laughs) a lot of lawyers refer to it. But what we do know is we know that there have been a lot of cases across the country for a variety of injuries. If you've suffered an injury, chances are other people have as well. And at some point, those injuries went to court. So what have judges said? What did they award for those injuries? So what we did, my team and I, a few years back, is we collected all of these cases. We put them into a chart form. We created a database. And then we put in an algorithm so that if you go to injurycalculator.ca and you input the date of the accident, the accident location, how old are you, has the injury affected your income? What injury did you suffer? You know, is it an ankle fracture? Did you have surgery on it? Are you having chronic pain? Really, these are all click menus, right? So it takes you 20 seconds to click on all the options. And at the end, after you've inputted all the information, the uh, database, there's an algorithm, and it, it basically shoots out a range of damages. It tells you, for this injury, you can expect to receive right. or are owed under, you know, from a review of all the cases, Thirty to sixty thousand dollars, eighty to a hundred thousand yep. dollars. Right? There is a range of what we know the courts have awarded. But remember, that only deals with pain and suffering. And again, if somebody caused this, if you yourself just fell because you weren't looking and nobody is at fault, well, nobody's going to pay you. Of course. But if somebody was responsible for the car accident, someone t-boned you or rear-ended you or you slipped and fell, something like that, and something happened and you want to know how much you could get, this is where you go to. It's going to give you a fairly accurate range because it's based on other cases. But remember, you can have an injury that may be valued at $50,000, but because of this particular injury, you now can't do the work that you've been doing for 20 years, and you may have income losses into the future in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, you know, a case that may attract... $30,000, $40,000, $50,000, $60,000, $70,000 30, 40, 50, 60, 70,000 dollars for pain and suffering may attract half a million dollars for income loss. Very important. Maybe you have family members who are helping you now, taking care of you. Well, they're entitled to also recover compensation. The calculator can't deal with that. The calculator just deals with, you know, the first question I usually get asked, which is what is the value for my pain and suffering under our legal system? Mm-hmm. Very, very good tool has been used thousands of times. Uh, And at the end of it, once you get your result, you can contact me for a free consult if you want. If you don't, you just shut it down. I never know if you've been there. But if you uh, click the button that says, you know, 
uh, ask for a consultation, then I get that directly and then we communicate. You want to throw an email our way? It is help at the insurancelawyer.ca. Paul writes in, says, my brother is a gambling addiction and as a result, he is in therapy for anxiety, depression, panic attacks. He's 42 years old and has been working for the last seven years as an IT engineer, making about 95K a year. Has difficulties at work because of his symptoms, and his psychologist told him that he should not be working right now, and he need, uh, instead needs to be focusing on getting better. When he spoke with his LTD insurer, they said that he is not disabled and wouldn't qualify for LTD. What does he do now? Well, from what you're describing, Paul, it seems to me like he is disabled, particularly if the psychologist uh, has written uh, that uh, and diagnosed him um with with uh with whether it's depression anxiety whatever it is uh, there's a variety of diagnoses that the psychologist could provide here presumably the psychologist has if again you have a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a surgeon or whoever it is people who are treating disabled individuals they provide reports medical reports treatment uh, reports and they say this person is under my care and for the so-and-so reasons they're unable to work there is no reason why the LTD insurer is saying that this person is not disabled. I mean, Paul, I'd like to know exactly what is the basis for their denial, right? Oftentimes, when I look at these denial the, the uh, denial letters, they're, they're very bare bones. They don't have a lot of meat on them. It's almost like the adjuster who's been looking at the case mm-hmm. is making an arbitrary decision, almost as though they're substituting their opinion for the opinion of the doctors, which is wholly inappropriate. So... You know, have him contact me or you contact me off air. Let me see the denial letter. I want to see the uh, reports provided by the psychologist. But if everything checks out, if in fact the psychologist had diagnosed him with certain things that are disabling him from working, then he should qualify. And there's no reason why we can't get him compensation. Quick question here as we get down to uh, last minute of this segment. So how does a disabled person change the mind of his or her insurer once they've denied them? Well, you don't really change an insurance company's uh, uh, opinion. <clears throat> Sorry, I can tell you that in our situation, sometimes we've been successful in uh, intervening, right? The person uh, receives a letter saying, we're going to cut you off in two months. We don't believe you're disabled. We've written to them. So the person contacts us. We've written to them explaining why we think that they're wrong. We often, not often, but on some occasions, get the insurance company adjuster to reverse their position. Uh, and, and I'll tell you, um, I, I never worry about changing an insurance mind. What I do is I start a legal claim because once I do that, it's out of the hands of the insurance company. Right. I've now put this into a legal process. They are now bound by the same laws that everyone else are. This is what people don't understand. Insurance companies are not above the law. They can't just do whatever they want. They can deal with you whichever way they want, meaning they can intimidate you, which is often what they do. Uh, they can confuse you. They can try and depress you. Uh, they can try and tire you out through uh, what I would call a war of attrition, mm-hmm. right? Sending all these letters, uh, dealing with a lawyer that doesn't necessarily know the ins and outs of LTD and, and sort of make you think that you're never going to get paid. No, it's very simple. If you have the medical documents to prove your case You are disabled. You've been covered. Uh, Your case is legit. There's no reason not to start a claim immediately. Start the legal process. And I'm telling you, in the vast majority of cases, we get to a fairly quick resolution with the insurance company, particularly when they have a defense lawyer assigned Mm -hmm. who advises the insurance company that they better pay. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six is the number. Help at the insurancelawyer.ca. This is the Insurance and Injury Law Show. Lots more coming up. Talk radio, AM six forty. 
one 9646 is the number. Help with the insurance lawyer.ca. That email, uh, one right here from Leslie, says, I have Parkinson's and had to stop working. I applied for LTD three months ago and was denied. And then I appealed, and I'm waiting for my appeal results. Uh, what do I, uh, pardon me, what do I do if I'm denied again? How about when you're denied again? When you're denied, absolutely, exactly. Leslie, unfortunately, I think that uh, your appeal is not going to go through successfully. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll be wrong. Listen, maybe the sun doesn't come up tomorrow. I have no idea. I can tell you that of all the years I've been practicing, uh, both on the defense side and on the plaintiff side, rarely have I seen LTD appeals actually be successful. Uh, And usually it's because there has just been uh, a a, a complete breakdown of of the relationship, not the relationship, but the communication between the individual and the insurance company, meaning the insurance company doesn't have really pertinent medical documents. But often that's not the case. Insurance companies just decide, based on their assessment of the medical documents or the facts, that you simply don't qualify. Now, you have Parkinson's. I don't have to tell you how terrible that disease is. Mm. I have a friend that suffers from it. It is a horrible, horrible disease. I don't understand for the life of me why the insurance company or on what basis they're taking the position that somehow you don't qualify. I, I just, I don't understand that. I would love to see some of the medical documents you've provided. I'd love to see the uh, denial letter. I would love to see the policy. I can tell you, here's what I would do. I would tell you, let's start the legal claim right now. In parallel, you can wait for the appeal decision if you want, but I can tell you that once I start the legal claim, all bets are off. This is going, this file, your file, your case is going to be transferred to a different adjuster at the insurance company. There's going to be a defense lawyer looking at this. They're going to view the case very differently. And that's very important to understand. Once we start the claims process, there is a different adjuster that is assigned to handle the litigation, the actual legal claim. And with that, there is a defense lawyer, a lawyer who's going to have to stand up at court at some point if we don't settle and argue to a judge why it is that the insurance company is right and why you and all your doctors are wrong. They don't want to do that. But unless we actually force them into that process, unless we get them into a point where there is that new adjuster, there is that defense lawyer, you are going to be dealing with the exact same people who denied you in the first place. That's why these appeals, in my opinion, are useless. Parkinson's fairly uh, simple thing. You can you can see it. It's it's diagnosable. But uh, how about someone with like job related stress, for instance? That counts as disability. Like, can you get LTD benefits for that? Well, generally speaking, most insurance companies will never agree to uh, to pay you just because mm-hmm. you're, you're stressed at, at work. Uh, you know, if anything, again, it's intertwined with employment issues. Um, right. Is there an issue at work that we have to deal with? Uh, constructive dismissal, etc. You know, the reality is that oftentimes people who have issues at work end up getting depressed, there's anxiety. And so what happens is what started from a toxic work environment ends up morphing into a psychologically debilitating condition. And then maybe a physical manifestation too, right? A hundred percent. Oftentimes it goes hand in hand. And so what happens is the question becomes, the insurance company says, well, wait a second, this is rooted in your workplace. If you change work environments, this will resolve. Well, maybe at the beginning when the first the symptoms first occurred, that was the case. Now you have basically been thrown into this. You've, you've suffered this for a while. Now you are depressed. Now you're on meds. Now you're seeing a psychologist or a psychiatrist. It doesn't matter if you are being put into a different environment. You've been impaired. Uh, so there is an independence, right? It's the symptoms you're now experiencing, the diagnosis you now have are independent of the uh, toxic work environment that generated them in the first place. And that's a nuance 
that oftentimes uh, the insurance companies just fail to understand or acknowledge. Got another email here. Sam writes a lengthy one, but it's interesting. Says uh, I've been getting uh, I've been getting long-term disability payments for eight months, and my insurance company wrote me last week asking if I want to accept a lump sum settlement worth six months more payments. I'm concerned because I'm 58 years old and I have uh, I've had a second heart attack, which is why I'm on LTD. I don't think I'll be going back to work given my heart issues. In fact, my cardiologist also agrees that I won't be able to do my job. I work in construction. Uh, two questions I have for you. Should I try to negotiate a better deal with the insurance company? And two, if I reject their offer, will they cut me off anyway? Wow. That's yeah, a big one. That That is a big one. And, uh, you know, I can tell you that trying to negotiate with an insurance company, with an LTD insurer, oftentimes is not successful. There's one insurer in particular that I deal with all the time. And I tell people, you know, listen, if they're offering to pay you X amount, a lump sum, oftentimes they will not negotiate a higher amount. They will simply say, okay, if you don't want to accept that, then we will simply continue paying you mm-hmm. or cut you off. My concern always with lump sums um, when it's offered by the insurance company is that the insurance company is trying to get a deal. And but, oh, it benefits them. 100%. They'll try to pay you 10 cents on the dollar, yeah. a cent on the dollar even. So really, we have to go through a full-blown analysis of yep. your particular case. So Sam, in your case, there's a few factors that we have to look through. Uh, there's a lot to unpack, and we can certainly do that, uh, I think, after the break. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six. We'll do exactly that. You want to send an email? It is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. You want to find out what your uh, pain and suffering could be worth? We touched on this as well. Give you some details. Injurycalculator.ca as well. This is the Insurance and Injury Law Show. Talk Radio AM six forty. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six is the number. Email is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Let's get back to the email we were talking about disability. Yeah, so it's from exactly. So it's from Sam, and he's been offered a lump sum settlement worth six Six months months, uh, from the LTD insurer. Now here are the pertinent facts. So he's fifty eight years old. He had a second heart attack. That's why he's on LTD. He's in construction. So he's been on LTD for eight months, and now the insurer is saying we're going to pay you six months more of future. But you know what happens? You know what's there's a string there's strings attached, you know, to these kinds of offers. And and the strings are in the form of a release. Yeah. Once you accept a settlement from the insurance company, you don't just get a check. You get a check if you sign a little document called a full and final release that releases the insurance company Sayonara. from any future payments. Mm-hmm. So this guy's fifty eight years old, right? He's got potentially, potentially, if he can't ever go back to work and right. the policy takes him to sixty five, age sixty five potentially seven years worth of LTD. And here he's being offered six months worth of LTD. Whatever that amount works out to, it's a fraction of what he could be looking at if he, in fact, gets LTD until age 65. And, you know, his cardiologist agrees that he won't be able to do his job to go back. So, you know, the question is, remember, we're talking about always that two-year mark. Okay, so he's been on LTD for eight months. They're offering another six months. That's strange to me. At the very least, I thought I would think that they would be offering you, Sam, the remainder of the year, which is another four months, plus another 12 months. So a total of oh, that much. 16 okay. months, right, to take you up to the two-year mark if they think you can do any other job, right, beyond the okay. two-year mark. My point is, oftentimes insurance companies will come to an individual and literally offer them several cents on the dollar. On a low ball, be extremely, gun. extremely careful of accepting them. I'll be happy to speak with you about the pros and the cons and listen, sometimes it makes sense. I've had clients that, uh, you know, they simply decide to take it. They need to pay off some debts or whatever it is, and they understand that, you know, they could be entitled to $200,000, 
in, in the aggregate from now until the policy expires, and they're accepting $15,000 right now to get a check right now. As long as you understand that this means that you will never get another dime from this insurance company, that's fine, but understand that that's going to happen, and you can't, after you sign the document, come back and say, I had second thoughts. So someone, another LTD question came through, says if someone has a condition like chronic pain or some illness that has not yet been diagnosed, do they need to wait until they've had a proper diagnosis before even applying for LTD? No, no, I, they don't. They don't. And again, different policies treat these a bit differently. And I've had quite a few cases where uh, there have been, um, there haven't been diagnoses, particularly when I'm dealing with uh, cognitive or brain type of issues where, you know, the neuropsychiatrist, neuropsychologist, they simply can't figure out what is going on. But all the testing is showing that there are impairments the person's ability to focus, uh, memory, speech are being impaired for whatever reason. Listen, medicine is not perfect. We can't always diagnose the reason or give it a name, but we know when the symptoms occur, right? I mean, there, is, there are things that are happening that are preventing the person from working. And I, I can tell you, I've had cases where the insurance company has said, no, we're cutting you off or we're denying you because there's no actual diagnosis. Yeah. So they haven't argued that the symptoms are there and are impairing the ability of the person to work. But they're saying we can't diagnose it, can't name it, so therefore doesn't exist or it doesn't exist for the policy. Nonsense, absolute nonsense. We've uh, started claims on those, on those you know, types of cases and I can tell you I, haven't, I have had no case thus far that has failed to resolve for the compensation that I think my clients were entitled to uh, just based on that. I think that it's a mistaken uh, um, uh, view that the insurance adjusters are taking when they can't name the the the, um, the, 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 the illness or whatever it's causing the symptoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, because as soon as I started the claim, and this gets in the hands of the defense lawyer and a different adjuster, what they're looking at is, well, can this person work? Forget about what the uh, illness is called or if we have a name for it. Can this person work? Do they have valid symptoms that are preventing them from working that are disabling them? And once the answer is yes, then everything falls into place and we resolve the case. But insurance companies, you know, they love dates, start dates, finish dates, all that stuff. How do you pinpoint a disability date, a start date? So that's very important too, right? I mean, we have cases where somebody's been in a car accident or had a work injury. I mean, you know oftentimes when the disability arises. But what happens if you have an illness, right? At some point down the road, you right. simply can't work. Well, from a common sense standpoint, you would think that the date would be the date on which you simply are unable to work, right? right? But there's other indicators we can look at, right? Uh, you know, we can look at when the disabling symptoms started. Are we talking about something that's progressed over a few months, over a few weeks? Uh, did you have testing that was done that at some point came to some kind of a diagnosis or conclusions, right? And that's when you learned about it, and that's when or shortly after you stopped working, at what point, perhaps, were you placed on modified duties by the employer? And at one, so, in other words, maybe it was a gradual uh, uh, decrease of your ability to work. So, really important to understand that medical documentation plays a key role in disability cases. These illnesses and symptoms have to be well documented. And as soon as you know that you're unable to work or think you're unable to work, you make sure you have the medical documents and reports to back that up to give your employer, but also the insurance company. Got about a minute to run through this quick email so you can answer this one quickly. Russ says, I was in a car accident last year, injured my right knee, hit it on the dashboard. Recent MRI showed that I have a tear and I've been referred to an orthopedic surgeon. This accident really affected how much I can work. 
Tow truck driver, I've only been able to go back to work on modified duties part-time, whereas before I was working full-time with uh, with some overtime even. Do I have a case against the guy that hit me? Yes, 100% you do. Very, very important. And, and you know, you said it has this, this happened last year. I'm hoping that you had been receiving uh, accident benefits. Right. Uh, you, you would be entitled to income replacement benefits. Uh, you know, unless you have optional benefits, that would be 70% of your gross uh, income up until $400 uh, a week. Uh, but but there's going to be medical rehabilitation benefits. There's a lot of things to consider here. In terms of the other guy, that person would have their own insurance company. So it's important that that insurance company is placed on notice of mm-hmm. your claim for things like pain and suffering, uh, income losses into the future. Listen, I, I know tow truck drivers. Uh, I, I have uh, a client right now, actually, that has a severe injury and can't go back to that work, but he's ascribed to me the amount of physical exertion mm-hmm. that is involved in that. I mean... It's huge, and not having your right knee or having an impaired right knee, I understand exactly you know what 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 the issue here. and and Russell, I can tell you your claim is potentially very, very significant. Uh, and the fact that you went back on modified duties part-time hours, kudos to you. That just shows that you've tried to mitigate. You haven't just sat at home hoping that things will get better and collect a paycheck at the end of the day. So yes, remember, you have two years from the date of the accident to start a claim, but you don't have to wait that two years. With an injury like yours, I would start this today, if not yesterday. Very, very important to be, to, to, to put the legal process in play as soon as possible, just so that you don't lose time and you get the compensation you're owed sooner rather than later. We'll wrap it there. The number to call uh, for anyone is one 990 9646 Email is help at And if you find out what your uh, pain and suffering could be worth for your injuries, go to injurycalculator.ca. Till next time, the Insurance and Injury Law Show, Talk Radio, AM 640.